Hey Vertical, today on Get Vertical Gal Police, you're joining me and Pastor John as we dive deeper into the Tradition Sermon Series. Traditions, they're not bad, they're not evil in and of themselves, but if they get in the way of Christ and furthering the gospel message, then we really have to step back, evaluate, and ask ourselves the why behind why we do what we do. Thanks for being here and joining the conversation. Let's listen in now. So we're in traditions and you haven't made me my traditional cup of coffee at our podcast time right now. Well, you brought your own coffee from your house. But it's empty. Okay. (laughs) My cup is not empty. (laughs) So I hope that um, there's, uh, hopefully we are encouraging people to walk away from their Folgers and Maxwell house. Okay. Yeah. And to walk to quality coffee. That's right. You've gotten us into this Costa Rican Me and David are like really into it. You can really taste some tones in there. Whoa. I know. We're going there, aren't we? You guys are coffee snobs legit. Uh, I don't know. I love (laughs) it. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute, but it has kind of become a tradition that we drink coffee during the podcast. We're in the middle of this. Well, when do you not drink coffee? Me? (laughs) (laughs) So this morning I brought in my, you know, uh, coffee mug, uh, traveling coffee mug and said, honey... I need some coffee for the soccer field. Mm-hmm. So this morning I had coffee. Now I went probably about five hours without coffee this okay. afternoon. Okay. I'm midday, proud of you. But okay. I'm back at it. You're back at it. Back at so, it. So yes, uh, we love our coffee here, don't we? Yes. All right. So we're in the middle of um, the tradition series, just breaking that down. We're actually on the second half of finding freedom from tradition sermon. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Pharisees today and, Um, But more than that, you and I have kind of just really want to touch a little bit on the why behind. If you know why someone does something, like you told me a little bit about the pulpit. The pulpit is in the center um, because God's word was in the center. Well, that just made the pulpit like really meaningful to me. Like I'm like, okay, great. The pulpit's in the center. Awesome. God's word is is in the middle. It's in overall. Great. But why, if we don't know that and yet we're hung up on this tradition, then we don't really have any backing for why we love the pulpit. Well, I had a very funny, uh, interesting story when I was a senior pastor. I was young. I was 27 mm-hmm. years old. And this older pastor came into my office that was a pastor at that uh, church previously. And he said, uh, you know, when I came to that church, I, um, <laughs> I uh, preached out the NIV at the time. Now, you know, at Vertical, we are thoroughly through the ESV, mm-hmm. and that's why I preach out of every week. It's the Bible we use in all our small groups and all the teaching. But at that time, I was preaching out of the NIV, and he came in, and uh, he said, you know, if you want to change God's Word, that's between you and the Lord. But you know as well as I do, the Lord said, Jesus said, the these and thous. And I was dumbfounded. I was like, um... Jesus isn't English, like he's not, you know, Uh 1500s, 1600s Jesus. So um, that was so funny. But this guy uh, only knew the King James Version. Mm -hmm. He didn't understand translations or Greek to to English or Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hebrew to English. And um, so that that is a tradition. And so even asking the question, why do I use the translation? Do you you know the value? Mm -hmm. Do you know the the way of the translation, mm-hmm. like, you know, for instance, the the uh, King James has, I don't know, um, probably a little over 20, almost two dozen uh, manuscripts for the New Testament. Well, the ESV has 
um, like over 1,500, 2,000 manuscripts mm-hmm. uh, that even date within 50 years of Christ. And it's just astronomical, the difference between the ESV. Actually, um, uh, the, the evidences that we use in the manuscripts that we use for the ESV is just astronomical compared to mm-hmm. the King James. So we want the value and the validity and the quality of God's Word. And we feel that the ESV just is a better far superior translation. Now, not saying that we don't value the King James, but saying that the ESV is what we value because we look, we look, we ask the question, why are we using this translation? Okay. And 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 when you know why, mm-hmm. not just because my daddy did, mm-hmm. um, but but when you know why, then you're able to dig down and really. I get at the heart. Okay, I have this. Uh, I want the, the because every word of God's word matters because I want to know the truth. And the Bible says when you have truth, the truth will set you free. Right. And that's what we're talking about freedom from, you know, being bound to a tradition unless we know the why behind it, unless it does suit the gospel and furthering building the kingdom. You know, what I heard in that story a little bit too is you said something about it was what he knew. Right. The pastor knew the King James Version. So here we go. Do we do things because they suit us? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think that oftentimes, you know, a lot of people don't understand where uh, denominations come from. Um, they're actually not so adversarial as we make them out to be. Uh, a lot of your denominations came from evangelizing different people groups or different countries. And then when they would grow mm-hmm. by God's grace... Um, then we would have multiple um, uh, denominations uh, in our country. So, you know, you got to think Methodism grew, uh, uh, so did Anabaptist in England, and uh, Presbyterian, and, you know, um, Episcopal. Uh, there, there's different, there's these different denominations God used in different eras and different times. And so there's nothing wrong with people that get blessed by uh, certain methods and mm-hmm. c- certain geographical. I mean, the worship in the Caribbean mm-hmm. right. is a lot different than the worship in Eastern Europe. Yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, why would we, you know, we were talking before the podcast started that uh, I don't think the Lord really necessarily cares about uh, contemporary worship music mm-hmm. in America. That's going to be the main Theme. Right, right. <laughs> I, I think that the music's going to be far superior. Yeah. And yeah. in, in that every believer is going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So for me to think that our style worship is the thing, I think it's just a little bit arrogant. Yeah, because the worship is actually going to be just about Him, yeah. which is what worship should be about, right? Like, right. Anyway, and this actually leads into the second point is where this picks up. And the point was that God's Word takes precedence over methods and traditions. And what I was saying is it was kind of like he was familiar with the King James Version. If you grew up on the King James Version, then you're really comfortable with it. You, you know, you have a certain feeling about it. Do you like it? I'm just familiar with it. It's kind of me centered. Um, and and so does God's word in traditions, I'm not even dealing with just King James or versions. I'm saying like, does God's word take precedence over our methods and traditions? And that would mean over our own comforts, over how we feel about things, over how it makes us feel over things that we like or are passionate about. We have to go back to, does God's word take precedence over that? I was, uh, you know, we were doing worship one week. It was it was at uh, first church I pastored, and um, 
I was sitting there thinking while the choir was singing or we were singing hymns, man, I can't wait till we get to worship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the song that we were singing was, you know, it was doctrinally sound. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it would glorify the Lord. And then, you know, I just felt a, a little rebuke from the Holy Spirit saying, wow, you only worship me when you want to. Right. And what we have to realize is these, these methods, um, I should be able to worship the Lord in different methods um, because it's, it's my value of the Lord that matters, mm-hmm. not the style. And so I've learned to back down from my preference because that's all the, um, right. the method we use. It's just a preference. Right. I, I'm trying to back down from my preference and make sure the Lord is at the center because I don't want what I do to be a tradition either. Right. Just as we're so quick in mm-hmm. the in the more um, uh, church planning movements to look down at other people and say, well, you're getting it wrong. No, mm-hmm. I don't think that at all. I think that we just got to be careful that what we're doing doesn't become such a tradition either. Right. Yeah, you know, um, can we shift a little bit now and talk about Pharisees? Because I really enjoyed learning um, a little bit more about them. And I think we we kind of, once again, forget where they came from. So right. I don't know where the pulpit came from. I don't really know where the Pharisees came from. So fill us in on that and bring us up to speed with what happened with that. Yeah, Pharisees okay. really came um, as a result of the temple in Jerusalem just being decimated. So um, they came and... Um, a country came and attacked and took over Israel and they brought in pigs and slaughtered them on the temple. And so it was just this really wicked scene. So Pharisees are, are the swinging of the pendulum uh, to the point, you know, this is obviously after the Maccabean era uh, between Malachi and Matthew. Mm-hmm. And so about 130, 180 years before Christ, uh, the sect of the Pharisees came out where they were so serious about the law. And um, so what you have to understand is in the first century, there were about a thousand Pharisees and they were highly respected and highly loved and people watched them. And so typically when we um, preach about Pharisees in the New Testament, we like to um, kind of, we always like to beat them. But what you have to understand is that they they were making sure that people were looking at God's word to the point and, and I think that many Pharisees were serious about their faith, and I think that many Pharisees were serious about the rules of the Pharisee. But I think that, and, and we have that in today's culture, mm-hmm. correct? Right. Uh, but I think that what we neglect to see, um, especially in modern preaching, is that Pharisees were highly respected. Right. And really, I mean, they were putting the Word of God at the forefront. They were right. bringing it to the forefront. But then where things kind of went askew here was they started adding. Yeah. So the Pharisees, um, they had the tradition of the law, but they made the law void because they forgot why the law was instituted. So the word law uh, in Hebrew actually means teachings of God. Hmm. So the whole point of the law was that that people would see the value and the beauty and the magic. The reason why the Pharisees weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath is because they were supposed to circle the whole work week around the Lord. Hmm. Had nothing to do with with not cooking or you know just being cruel to God's people. It was actually all about like, listen, God's at the center of my work week, so I'm going to have to cut the yard here on Thursday instead of doing it on the Sabbath on Saturday to the Jewish uh, community. I mean, it was a very beautiful thing, and man, we miss that in our culture today. Right. But they they, they got so focused on the Word of God 
that they forgot the value of God's word, which is God. God's word points to God, and, and they made the word of God their idol. Right. And that's something I think we have to be careful, too, is like know that the word of God is actually the manifestation of Jesus. It points us to Jesus. And, and if, we, if we become so rigid that we forget the, the, the kindness of God, mm. we forget the, the grace and the mercy and the heart of God and the compassion and love of God, I think that we've, um, I think we've stepped out of bounds. Right. You know, I don't think that most people would say that traditions or keeping traditions would cause them to sin. So let's challenge that. Because I think originally I wouldn't say that my um, my holding to that uh, holding fast to what do you want to pick some sort of tradition my holding fast to well uh, how about singing a particular song um, while the offerings being taken okay so I'm really like holding fast the to doxology. this would I or would I ever think would I ever challenge myself to think that this could possibly cause me to sin. I don't think people actually think that. So let's challenge ourselves on that. Let's talk a little bit about it. Well, I think that any kind of tradition can lead us to sin if the Lord isn't at the center. So if if I become so rigid that I have to sing the doxology, mm-hmm. and if anything else is sang, then my mind is so mad that I forget the point of the doxology. Mm. You know, one of the things that uh, we try to do, we try to rotate songs. So... I was actually, you guys wouldn't know this, I don't think. Maybe I've told this story before. I was actually a song leader when I was like 12 years old in our church. My dad pastored. We sang the same song every week. It was 221, Love Lifted Me. Me and Dustin will believe this because you're very a same song kind of guy. <laughs> same song type of guy. But uh, one thing that we value at Vertical is like try to space them out so that it doesn't become so rigid and so that we value it. And, um, you know, it, it can be tough because, you know, obviously there's some songs that people really, I mean, if you play them every week, people's going to be really blessed by it. And there are songs that we do, you know, two, three weeks in a row. But I think my point is, if I am so taken out of worship because someone didn't sing the song I wanted to mm-hmm. or the style or whatever, then I'm probably not worshiping the Lord. I'm worshiping the song. Right. Well, so that's what leads you to sin. Like, that's what I'm talking about. So either we get angry or disappointed. We become Pharisee. Right. So that is how a tradition can actually cause us to sin. Because in and of themselves, I can't think of traditions that are actually, we would call them sin. But it's the where you hold it in the line of, is Jesus greater than this tradition? Right. That's yeah. where we find ourselves Absolutely. in sin. And um, it just it kind of made me really step back when I was listening because I thought, man, what are things in my heart that I hold more dear yeah. than the Lord? I I, uh, I love telling embarrassing stories about myself, but I, I have another one for you that I think that is uh, is kind of telling how it's easy for me to be a Pharisee. I remember when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, I was standing in worship and at a church I was going to at the time. And just like thinking in my head, man, I just can't wait till this is over so I can hear preaching. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear God's word. I'm, I'm a man of the word. That's all I am. Mm-hmm. Boy, I tell you what, John Piper said it best when he said, the end of discipleship is worship. Mm-hmm. And when we get to heaven, there won't be preachers. Right. There won't be um, probably greeters at the door. There won't be offering takers. There won't be any of this stuff. There won't be mm-hmm. organists or guitar. Well, anyways, <laughs> there's going to be worshipers. Right. And, and our value 
our value of certain things in the church will will not even be a thing in heaven. And so uh, J.C. Worrell said it so well. He said, if you don't enjoy worshiping the Lord here on earth, you're not going to enjoy heaven because heaven is the epitome of worship. That All of your strength, all that you can, all your creative being is going to be exercising the beauty of the Lord through its ability to worship. And I love how J.C. Rowell put that is like, listen, um, if I, if I am not a worshiper on earth, then it's going to be pointless for me to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. That is the end of, of my faith walk. So if I'm so traditional that I can't see God, if I'm not transforming into his image, if I'm not loving more, being brokenhearted, you know, um, just like the, the preacher that one time said that uh, uh, a lot of preachers preach about hell, but if they don't do it with a tear in their eye, they're not preaching like Jesus. Mm. And um, I, I think that if, if we are not being transformed into the image of God, then it doesn't matter what your tradition is. You don't have Jesus. Right. Yeah, it can't be more important. Um, the way that we do things can't be more important than the people that we're doing them with and the Lord that we serve, you know, the master of all. So I, I think that's... Well, the, that's an interesting point right there you made too, is people. Yeah. We, we can't neglect the church, the people in the church. I mean, right. the love of them. Like, so I'm, I'm wanting to take a style or a song over uh, even loving the other, that spurs and stirs someone else up in my church. That's mm-hmm. a really good point that you made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know... Um, Sometimes I'll go to different churches and sing, and they'll invite me to come sing at a revival or something. And another thing, right? Uh, tradition. Sometimes we have a revival um, at a church, and you're like, "Well, is it a revival or is it just some services on evenings through the week?" Right. You know. But um, they'll ask me to come, and then I kind of can fill out like their pastor on what they're used to, and because I want them to be able to receive from from the Holy Spirit and from what God wants to do in their lives. So I don't want to come in with some song that they're super familiar with that they can't receive from right my goal is is that they would have an encounter with the Lord so if I'm going to lead a song or I'm going to come and and share something I want it to be something that people can actually engage with and so you do have to consider the people over you know this the way that I want to do something it's the others well oftentimes when I preach um, I try to think about illustrations that would land mm. for my people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, I, I think that you cannot pastor well unless you are praying and caring for your people. This week has been particularly hard. The, the amount of difficulty in people's lives this week has been astronomical. And, you know, as a pastor, I carry that and I pray for our people. And so I think that I'm a Pharisee if I just want to tell people what to do, but I think I'm, a pastor when I help walk through life circumstances with mm-hmm. people. And, and it's the same thing with the Lord. I'm traditional. Uh, no, ma- no matter your style, I, I think that we're trying to play less of an emphasis on style, but I'm traditional if it's more about my method. Mm-hmm. And when I'm about transformation, I don't care what your method is. I think the Lord's going to honor it. I don't think the Lord's like, oh, they play contemporary worship. Let's honor that. Or they're playing the organ. That's it. Yeah. I think the Lord just wants... He says, well, when I'm high and lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And so that's the point of transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to have God. Yeah. This started me actually thinking a little bit about um, COVID. And if we were so stuck on um, meeting in a building, oh, if yeah. we were, you know, th- this actually really pushed us into considering, am I caught up on tradition or am I going to be able to be okay with transformation another way? 
Well, our, our church, um, when COVID hit, you know, all of our systems changed. And uh, so, you know, uh, Monday night, prayer nights, uh, Monday nights, we turned into prayer nights. We did a prayer call every Monday night with all of our leaders, elders, small group leaders, and ministry leaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just an awesome time of praying together. And then, you know, uh, we had small groups. Uh, people got together in their small groups through Zoom. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about the building or the structure, but because we valued the Lord, because we valued people, our systems took on a new form mm-hmm. because the yeah. function was still there. Right. But if it, but if your function is the tradition, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be able to shift. So our church has actually grown astronomically through COVID, which is all you know, the Lord's hand. Mm -hmm. But I think that a big part of that is because the, the structure of the building, the structure of the music wasn't at the center. It was actually like, we just love people and we Mm -hmm. love the Lord. Right. Yeah. I think some may look at that as a mystery of like, how can you grow through a time whenever everything was shut down? Well, because it was still there that we loved one another and we were going to meet people where they were at. Well, Dustin uh, worked so hard uh, and getting us fired up online, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of learning. Wouldn't you say, Dustin? <laughs> Dustin's at the laptop shaking his head. Yeah, a lot of learning. But you know, if it's all about your tradition and you're not wanting to get to the uh, function, then you're going to be so stuck on form, you're not going to be able to shift. And and I think that because we try to put so much emphasis on the function, I think that the forms can change, and they did. Mm-hmm. Now the forms are starting to slowly go back, but we're at two services where mm-hmm. last year we were at one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a different number of songs. we uh, trying different elements in our worship services before. We had different elements that were a little bit more involved because of, of you know, the virus, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. as contagious or there was no virus that was contagious like that. But now we, we have shifted ideas. Like one day we had people text in their their favorite Bible verses and we text them other Bible verses that people sent in. Mm-hmm. So um, we have done a lot of different um, uh, forms mm-hmm. uh, in worship services and small groups in the last year. But the main thing still the main thing. Jesus first and we need him. Yes. Well, I think that it's been uh, a, a great time uh, to talk on this uh, podcast. And I just want to challenge you at home. Look at a couple things that you're doing in your daily routine and just say, Lord, are, is this a routine? Is this just a tradition? Or am I growing? Can I see growth and maturity in my faith walk over the last year or so, maybe the last month? And is what I'm doing working? And let us be uh, Christians, let us be followers of Christ that, that are in hot pursuit of Him, His glory, and His people. Now remember, uh, my job is to love the Lord, but also to love people as John 13, 34, mm-hmm. 35, and 36 commands us. And so I must be engaged in the Lord's life, but I also must be engaged in the church's life and to help them grow. So am I doing things out of tradition, or am I pursuing what the Lord has in heart when he says, go and make disciples? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Get Vertical Gal Police. Now we want you to join the conversation. Is God transforming your life through his word? We would love to hear about it. Message us at info at verticalgalpolice.org and find us on social media by searching Vertical Church Gal Police. Join the conversation. You are loved.